0: Hello and welcome back to another episode here on the Promethean Perspective. I am your host, Emily. Thank you so much for joining me. I am thrilled to be here. We are cranking out a lot of episodes today. We've recorded a couple already and we're going to keep going. I um, just got a lot of thoughts and ideas and uh, passionful, passionful, passion-filled messages I want to share with you guys. Some really good topics, some things that I've just been brainstorming a lot lately So yeah, here we are cranking out another one. I wanted to share with you just a few things um, right off the bat, things I wanted to share with you guys, the audience. um, So Theology Thursdays have officially begun. We started them about halfway through the Lenten journey, and they are doing really well. So if you guys have not yet, please subscribe to the show so that you are aware of both the, like, more, like, contemporary non-theological episodes that we release on Mondays, and then our theological theological theology Thursdays that we release on, obviously, Thursdays. Pretty self-explanatory. So make sure you guys are subscribed to the show so that you're getting notifications whenever we post new episodes because we are doing a lot more here on the Promethean Perspective Podcast, but also leave us a rating and review so we can know what you are liking, what you are not liking, and ways that we can improve. And also, we have an exciting announcement. Um, this past week, I got a notification that the podcast has officially reached 6K listeners. So, that is extremely exciting. And it's all due to God's glory and whatever He desires to do um, here on the podcast and the power of His name. So, we are going to dive into a really good episode today. I have been thinking a lot about this, and I think it's a topic that. I don't think a lot of people spend the time to like stop and think about. And I believe it's something that's very beneficial, something that really needs to be dialogued about and discussed about. So before we dive into today's episode, um, I want to share with you my four things normally, like I knew, except we don't do it on Theology Thursdays. But on today's episode, like where they're like non-theological, we are going to do like four things. It's like Something I'm reading, something I'm loving, something I'm praying, and something I'm eating. Like four things that I just share with you guys, four little insights that you guys can try to incorporate into your own life and see if they help you or just make you appreciate life a little bit more and just spice things up a little bit. So, yeah, let's dive into that segment and then let's get on today's episode, shall we? Let's go. All right, so sharing my four things like I normally do. Um, I'm gonna start with something I've been reading. I've been reading during this Lenten season a lot of Alfonso Ligori works, um, specifically like Meditating Upon His Stations of the Cross. I'm a huge fan of his um, of his method of praying the Stations of the Cross, and so I've just been really appreciating his work. But another book that I've really been reading a lot that I've I've read probably like. Probably like 50 times honestly it's a little tiny book that I've read probably like 50 times by uh, Monsignor Jose Maria Escriva um, and it's the way of the cross and I know there might be other publications of this but the one that I really like is the one by um, Monsignor Jose, Jose Maria um, he does a really really great job of just like um, delving into the way of the cross from a whole new perspective and just like Basically, like, sharing a perspective of, like, what it would be like to enter into the wounds of Christ crucified, and it has really helped me deepen my interior life, and um, he does a great job of pointing out, like, a shortcut to Calvary, almost, without, like, losing all the graces and the necessities for the spiritual life, and he does such a great job of conveying his own love for Christ, which is just something so beautiful and tangible and strong, and, um, I I just have been really loving reading this book, particularly how he expresses how, like, the death and resurrection of Christ, among that there's, like, a beauty that is so often overlooked. Like there's this love sorrow combination that has such power and such gravity. And I think the overall message that his works really um translate to me is that the cross is like no longer like a sign of something sorrowful and awful and miserable while it does hold that memory, like it is now the cro- the like the throne of Christ crucified. And like our lady stands at his side and she's our mother too. And like the Blessed Virgin will obtain for us the strength to to walk decisively in the foots of Christ. And I think that's just been the overall message that his little way of the cross has left me with. And I've just been enjoyed reflecting on these and going over these beautiful chapters, especially during the Lenten season. So I will leave this book in the show note for you guys so you guys can pick it up and enjoy it as we are celebrating This last week of Lent, Holy Week, um, where we get to walk with our Lord to Calvary and get to um, sweat blood with him in the Garden of Gethsemane, but then also to race each other to the tomb Sunday morning. So that's the book I've been loving. Moving to something that I have just loved praying with, I have been very interested into particularly monastic theology and scholastic theology and kind of like how they counterbalance each other. Complement each other, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So I have been praying these two forms of lexio divina. So the monastic theology version is a lot of um, like uh, divine liturgy. Obviously, that's what lexio divina means. But also, um, scholastic theology has a lot to do with reading for understanding. So, like scholastic theology, lexio divina meditation, it takes you through a four-step pr- process of like the lexio. And then, like, um, the question, which is, like, uh, questioning of the text to understand. And then there's the dispuciatio, which is, like, possible responses to the question. Um, and then discussing them. And then the uh, resolutio. So, um, like, the resolution to whatever it is you were discerning. But then also another prayer that I've been loving is just the classic monastic theology, Lectio Divina, of le- uh, Lectio, the meditation, um, oratio, prayer, and then, Contemplatio, um, contemplation. So, I will leave um, like PDF files for both of these in the show notes so you guys can download them and print them out. And they just have some really awesome like sections where you can write out like your responses to the questions and go through like the literal sense, the allegorical sense, like the moral sense. And I love saying this word, the anagogical sense. So, I will leave this for you guys in the show notes for you guys to use them at your disposal. Um, something that I have been loving man, there's just so many things in my life that are just worthy of praise and worthy of, um, acknowledging God's goodness. Uh, what do I want to talk about? Hmm. It's always hard to choose just one. And then I always tell myself, like, you're going to record a podcast. You have to choose one. And then I forget to choose one. Oh man. Like there's just been so many beautiful things in my life. Um, the weather is starting to turn nice and warm and there's so many blossoms and spring here in the Carolinas is just absolutely stunning. Um, Our kitty cat just had little babies on Sunday and they're just a couple days old now and our uh, church's RCA class is entering in the church um, this coming Saturday at the Easter Vigil. Oh, There's just so many beautiful things. I had a really lovely conversation with a religious sister this past week, and she is just such a lovely individual. She's such an authentic listener and a receptive, um, caring, spiritual mother. Um, so that was also just another very beautiful um, experience. So it's really hard to choose just one. Um, God is good all the time, and I think sometimes we could do a disfavor by, like, singling out one specific thing when there's just so many beautiful things. So... I'm not going to choose one. I'm just going to share a couple of those with you, and uh, you guys can decide which one was the most beautifulest. Is that the superlative that I was going for? I don't know if that was grammatically correct. Anywho, lastly, I would like to share it with you guys, something that I've been loving to eat. Now, this is a little inspiration for maybe ways you can spice up your diet in a healthier, you know, organic, holistic kind of way because we're supposed to take care of the temple that God gave us. So, Something that I've been loving lately has been my mom's um, sourdough bagels. She has her own sourdough starter that she continuously feeds, and it's it's pretty amazing, guys. <laughs> she makes lots and lots and lots of things with it, but one of my favorite things that she makes is her sourdough bagels because it doesn't have flour or anything in it, and it's very, very delicious. So if my mom will let me, I will put the, sh- the recipe in the show notes for you guys so you guys can enjoy that delicious recipe so yeah those are my four things that I like to share with you guys so that you guys can I don't I don't know learn from learn from or appreciate or take some things that I'm loving in my life and that are working well for me and maybe incorporate them into your own without further ado let's get into today's episode because I think I've rambled on quite enough let's go So like I said, today's episode is a little bit of a unique one. I've never heard a conversation surrounding this topic or like specifics about it or anything of that nature. Um, And it's something that I've been thinking a lot about because I want to um, express it in a way that makes sense because I know a lot of people maybe wouldn't grasp this right off the bat. But I am what a lot of people would label as a minimalist if you don't exactly know what that is there's lots of like different versions of a minimalist my I guess version or form of a minimalist would try is is trying to live within the vow of poverty as much as possible basically not having any more than what you need not being excessive not being um uh I guess extravagant or unnecessarily superfluous, like in your material purchases, in your objects and items that you keep in your world. Um, to me, simpler um, lifestyle, simpler amount of stuff, um, downscaled items and objects, remove any distractions, remove any obstacles to being fully open to God, and I kind of view it. It has uh, living. I I certain to a certain extent about poverty. Um, but there's also different forms of minimalism of people just like, um, simple lives. So they don't have to clean as much or don't have to, um, worry about, you know, all the stuff that's not serving them. That's just filling their lives, but not satisfying their lives. So I kind of wanted to talk about minimalism today. Um, but before I get into like the whole realm of minimalism and like how to be a minimalist and, um, like what that entails and what does that look like on a practical level and stuff. I thought I would give you guys a little bit of scriptural foundation for minimalism. So then going forward, when we do other minimalism episodes, which I kind of just want to share with my perspective on with you guys and some maybe helpful insights into the world of minimalism, I wanted to give you guys some foundation or like uh, grounding grounding, uh, guidelines, I guess, for minimalism. So like we live in a world that just absolutely praises materialism and items and objects. And I want to talk about how minimalism is biblical. We live in a society of who's got more, whose house is nicer, who, who's better off, who's got the better job. We've, we've basically accepted the lifestyle that it's like, go big or go home. And there is some truth to that statement. But in this world of extremes, it all boils down to stuff. People glorify it. People can't stop buying it, can't stop consuming. People seek out stuff. People idolize stuff. And at the end of the day, it's a dead end. And I think that's something that a lot of people are faced with, but maybe aren't realizing how the two connect. And minimalism is really starting, I think, to be that way of an impact that people are discovering the incredible freedom that comes with letting go of excess and there is so much tied to the philosophy of minimalism it's a life spent pursuing what really matters saying no to things that distract us from what our lives what we truly desire our lives to be about and what our lives truly need to be about it's intentionality in the way we're living with less i think that minimalism often gets tied to like a modern new age belief system like being centered focused purposely going without things for the sake of getting closer to the universe and inward progression you know and I think a lot of people you know kind of when they think of minimalism they kind of think of like a meditating like hippie who may boast about owning less things than a hundred things and they've got like this white wall behind them or whatever and while that, that definitely probably does exist, there's a whole other world about minimalism and it has nothing to do with, it has nothing to do with uh, maybe the items in our lives. There's a whole other side to it. Minimalism has been a part of my life. Um, I would say I've we've always kind of lived a minimalistic life just because of the way I was raised and there was never really a lot of value put on materialistic items but a lot more upon like um, experiences and stuff of that nature. But probably when I was about like 14, 15, that's when I started to like actually put the title minimalism to a way of life that I desired of simplistic, um, not trying to like follow the trends or, um, want material items or objects or I guess removing those distractions from my life with intentionality. And through that journey of, I guess, becoming a minimalist, which I kind of feel like I always was kind of one by nature, but kind of that more, I guess, uh, structured, minimalistic lifestyle, I can definitely see how closely it ties into faith. And as you know, like, I am a firm believer in the Catholic faith in Christ, in God. Um, and I am someone who daily tries to walk hand in hand with him. Um, and I often feel... Fall and fail, but I still get back up and try to walk hand in hand with him. So I think today's episode's aim is I really want to share with you my perspective on how minimalism lines up directly with what I believe as a Christian and how it has actually encouraged my walk with Christ. So the first statement I want to make to you is focus on your purpose. The Bible has a lot to say about material things and loving our possessions. And it's very clear that we are called to be focused on purpose, on God, and on the people in our lives. And Proverbs points this out. That book grasps the reality of this by saying, like, essentially, like, where there is no vision, the people will perish. And there's, like, an alarming amount of verses on this topic of focusing on your purpose and removing distractions. Most people live their lives like there are none. This isn't really talked about a lot other than, like, the love of money, which I don't think is, like, the exact same thing as minimalism. God has been very specific with regarding the love of possessions in particular. Like, Luke 12, uh, chapter, no, no, chapter 12, verse 15 says, like, and he said to them, take care, or be on your guard against all covetousness for one's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. And I think this points to how we need to really pour love into eternal things. We are untied to our earthly possessions by a minimalistic lifestyle. And God calls us to pour our love into eternal things. He tells us something we need to remember about our hearts, that they are what should be treasured most. And Luke 12, verse 33 through 34 points this out, and it says, Sell your possessions, give money to the needy, provide yourselves with money bags that do not grow old, with the treasure in the heavens that does not fail, where no thief approaches and no moth destroys. For where your treasure is, there also will your heart be. So, prioritize what matters most. There is so much more to be gained in focusing on living a godly life and in being content over persons. Nothing is truly ours. We can't take any of it with us when this life is over. So why do we spend so much time prioritizing it now? First Timothy points out, Now there is great gain in godliness with contentment, for we brought nothing into the world, and we cannot take anything out of it. But if we have food and clothing, with these we will be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. So that is pretty straightforward, <laughs> no questions asked. And I think it points specifically to living intentionally. That is basically, I guess the momentum behind why I um, prefer to practice a minimalistic lifestyle. Living intentionally is our calling. We are are not supposed to be distracted by this world and what it values. Like we are created, We are called to more than that. Like, we are told to not be conformed to this world, but that we are supposed to be transformed by the renewal of our mind, which happens by testing so that you may discern, like, what is the will of God? What is good and acceptable and perfect? Every single one of us has a purpose laid out by God himself, and minimalism can, in a lot of ways, remove anything that keeps us from the pursuit of that purpose, I know my purpose is to stand as a daughter of God, to be a good daughter, to be a good student, to be a good sibling, um, to be charitable to the people in my life, to be merciful, to be a peacemaker. Living a minimalistic life is one of the only ways that supports that lifestyle. I'm not really talking about in the spiritualistic, spiritualistic realm. I'm talking more so in the practical realm. Minimalist lifestyle is what encourages and supports and agrees with my spiritual, moral, ethics values. Without the distraction of constantly having things in your life, you then have time to structure your days in such a way that are fulfilling and beneficial. When you're not wasting time on items that really don't need to be in your life, and really don't have any value, then you can focus on doing your daily tasks well, on doing little things like laundry, or washing the dishes, or, you know, uh, when you don't have more than what you need, and more than what God intends for us to have, then you don't have a ton of wasted time on things that always have to be put up and picked away, or picked up and put away and washed, and you don't get distracted as much in, in, you are able to feel a little bit more of your purpose. And I think it's so important in this life to be connected to your purpose. So yeah, that's kind of what I want to talk about today. It's a little bit of a shorter episode, but it's just like a like a, a, a I guess like a preface into um, some other episodes that I'd like to do on minimalism. So that was today's episode. I hope you guys really enjoyed it. Till next time, I will be praying for you. And um, God bless you as we go into these last few days of Holy Week.